yo, I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not, but I'm trying to get fired as a consultant. I'm trying to get my clients to fire me because I'm a consultant that has a job, not a business. I am not reliant or hopeful that clients stay on with me every single month, paying me a subscription fee. That is the opposite of what I want. I want to work with someone when they have specific problems. I want to help devise the tactics and strategies to solve those problems. And then when they don't need me anymore, I want them to graduate and go back on to being autonomous and kicking ass. If they ever need me again, they know how to reach out to me. But I pride myself on a business as a business consultant who's not trying to create a business out of your money, out of your subscription. I just want this as a job, and I like taking job by job, problem by problem, and getting to work with multiple different owners. I work with only 40 owners per month. That is 20 hours of consulting total for me per month. That is my limit. That's what I want out of my work-life balance. And recently, we've just graduated about five or six, I think, owners You know, to no longer doing monthly calls with me. The problems are solved. They're good. They know you know, the holler at their boy if something pops up again in the future. But this gives me opportunity and room to work with new owners and help solve new problems. If you are someone who has some specific issues and you have not been able to figure them out and you would like for me to tailor create a solution for you and then help you execute on it, shoot me a DM on Instagram at WTF Gym Talk. I'd love to learn more about what you've got going on. All right, guys, on with the podcast. What is up, guys? It is Stu, and it is another episode of the What the Fuck Gym Talk podcast. So one of my best friends and business partner in Gateway Investment Holdings, which is my real estate company, not the gym real estate company, but the real estate company that owns the building, um, he died over the weekend. Uh, not over the week. He died this week. Uh, his name was Ed. Ed uh, suffered from multiple myeloma, which is a blood-based cancer, and um, cancer fucking sucks. And the dude put up a an incredible, incredible fucking fight for like four plus years, and uh, he passed this week. And, and you know. Like the reason I'm doing the podcast is there's a I do a lot of uh, a lot of work now on, with the gym real estate company, and there's a lot of owners that are not in financial positions to purchase a building, and they want to know how I did it because I I explained my scenario I was not in the financial position to solely purchase the building, right? Even with doing the SBA 504 loan coming up with that 10 percent down wasn't the problem it was then also the upfit cost and all the, the you know the overruns that you're going to have cuz it's never just that dollar amount everyone's like oh i want to buy a million dollar building that means i just need to have $100,000 in cash no wrong that not even close right you you need you're going to need at a minimum minimum i'd tell you 130 40 50,000 in cash just minimum to even play the game because of the overruns that happen and there will be overruns. Overruns can be oversights on the contractor's part. The city shows up and tells you you gotta put in a water tap line that's $45,000. You know, they get into the you know the electrical and there's, well, the current panel isn't good enough for what you wanna do. We gotta replace the entire panel. There's $22,000, whatever it may be. So with that being said, I, I was not in the financial position to just do it myself. My business partner, Ed, well, I think he probably could have been in the financial position to do it himself. He he wouldn't have wanted to. He would not have been able to get that SBA 504 loan without me because I own the, the small business. 
and we were obviously both able to mitigate our risk in this um, this investment by going to a 50-50. So um, I wanna just talk about this partnership arrangement uh, that that I had and, and for some of you guys who are trying to get creative in ways to purchase a building, this is this is a, a you know one way you can do it, right? To to do a an ed deal, if you will. So if you want to purchase something and you've done your research, like don't go into this thing half cocked and just start talking to people that are members of your gym or you know other business associates you have or, or friends or family. Don't go into it half cocked. Just be like, hey, you want to buy a building? You got like do your research, be intelligent, show up with a plan. Okay, you know. Ed was a, he was a personal training client of mine at first. He was a gym plus a group fitness client of ours as well. He joined the gym in 2013 and we didn't buy the building together until we didn't close until 2016, but it was something we did all through 2015. We worked on a, we worked on this idea. I've got an entire, uh, maybe I'll publish it one of these days in like a PDF inside of the micro gym university Facebook group or something. Um, but it was a full PDF of, our business plan that we were going to take to other investors because originally some of the buildings we were looking at were significantly more expensive. They were in that $2 million plus range where we would have needed to bring in another investor and we were looking to bring in uh, another strategic partner, someone who's done commercial. So I put together an investment investor packet kind of explaining, you know, what we are looking at doing, um, the, you know, the overarching, uh, business opportunities that, that we had in front of us with purchasing real estate in this part of Charlotte, all the research I had done. And we put this thing together and we kind of shopped it around. And and the way, you know, with you know, with Ed, I was able to, you know, he saw that I had he saw that I this wasn't just like an idea. No, no. It was like I had well thought this thing out. I had put in the work and the time. I had studied what was being rezoned in the area. I, I knew what the comps were. I mean I I mean I studied this shit very, very intently. I knew more about commercial real estate at the end of 2015 than most, like, than most people, know. like, you know, probably even, <laughs> I feel like most of uh, the commercial brokers I've ran into, I feel like I knew more than them by that time. So that's what I mean when I say, don't just show up with like, hey, you want, we should buy a building together. You want to talk about it? Like fucking show up with a plan. All right. Have that plan thought out from there you want to go ahead and figure out exactly where the opportunities lie for both of you and what the real realistic outcomes are going to be. So in this scenario, it was, okay, let's buy a building with the SBA 504. Let's buy it in a property which we're able to buy at a lower price point now because it is on the precipice in the next seven to 10 years of becoming a top tier you know, borough in Charlotte, North Carolina because of all the movement that's happening there and the new companies coming in and the development that's gonna happen. Let's do that where we can then lease the building out uh, for a very high above mar fair market value rate or we sell the building at a certain point. That was That's essentially what we laid out. And because of that, it was really easy for me to understand, okay, I'm doing this and yes, my gym's gonna go in there, but I also need to be, you know, um, emotionally and mentally and financially in a understanding that I'm no longer at some point here going to own a gym by me you know going this route I will be sacrificing my gym ownership in this building to pursue the real estate gateway investment holdings you know uh, business goal and purpose 
which is to make money off real estate. So, like, coming and he knew I, I, I always went into this very emotionlessly, emotionlessly on the gym owner side. And it's a tough thing to do. And, you know, uh, Ed and I would have conversations often where we'd be, where I'd be talking and he'd be like, all right, now I need you to put on your gym owner hat or now I need you to put on your real, your uh, gateway investment holdings hat because we have conversations and I'm both people. I own the real estate investment company and I own the gym. I'm the tenant. I'm the landlord and I'm the tenant. And that's it's a very difficult thing to be in. And I, you know, me and Ed would have these conversations, the business ones, and he'd constantly be cueing me. You know, I need you to put on this hat now. Okay, good. Now come back over here, put on this hat. And that's a hard thing to to do. You know, to just turn off your emotions and your you know desires on you know in one of those companies and roles and go to the other. But I think that's that's why our partnership you know was successful. You know, because we were you know I was able to separate those two. And if you're a, a micro gym owner and you ever have the opportunity to partner up with somebody like I did and pursue or maybe you know maybe you're able to do it on your own with you know fucking hats off to you um you you gotta really be very diligent to separate those two roles and that's honestly it was great having Ed Ed was you know this great sounding board and made sure like if it would have just been me maybe I wouldn't be in the position I am today maybe I would have made emotional decisions as a gym owner. Maybe I wouldn't have leased the building out to the new brewery that's moving in there at the end of uh, October, right? Like maybe I would have like let, you know, my, I wouldn't have worn the right hat at the right time. It's great having someone like Ed to fucking, you know, to, to kind of cue me as like a, as a coach. I've always talked about my business coaches and business mentors. Ed was definitely an inform is informally one of those people, right? I didn't pay him for his consulting time, but I, and he never owned his own business, but he had, he had, he had very smart ideas and he looked at things, not like a normal business owner would at times, uh, which was great. It was actually really refreshing for me to have conversations. I actually learned and made moves that kind of came from this place of where Ed was at of just more practical Instead of always trying to think of like the business angle and the solution and the this and, tr- you know, trying to always be the entrepreneur, right? Trying to get the edge. Uh, he always came in and was able to provide me and give me the like, provide me with a perspective that I was not incapable of having. I just wasn't utilizing. I guess I could put it that way. Um, but so once you've gone ahead and you've presented a well thought out plan to your potential investor and you guys have the discussions, you both understand the ramifications, like, especially as the gym owner, you understand the future ramifications that are going to happen to your gym. And again, you always put it in another building, but you do have to accept the fact that nobody wants to get in bed with you to do this deal if you're going to want to hold on to the gym forever because the gym isn't the profitable, most profitable tenant to have in there. Right, because eventually you're going to be able to charge more and more and more rent, and your gym's not going to be able to afford more and more and more rent. So you got to understand that, and you need to be emotionless about it if you want to go in and play this big boy game, which is commercial real estate. The third thing there is then understanding the equity splits. So if you're, you know, if it's like Ed and me, you know, we had managerial ownership 50-50. So on decisions, we both had to we. You know, we were 50 50, which meant if we were ever to get into an argument, we would need to then go and um, make sure that uh, we had a mediator lined up. And we did. The, the law firm in which we struck up our SOA, our standard operating agreement, that was uh, the same law firm that we had uh, agreed upon would mediate any 
decisions that not, we could not come to conclusion on our own. Um, that's a big one. The whole SOA thing, I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole. It is something you need to do. You could each get your own lawyer and create like rough drafts on SO, on, of a standard operating agreement and then swap. And then you kind of headline in. You guys kind of work kind of in your own camps, but you're still working together talking about, okay, if you want to exit in year 10 or if I die or if... Um, you know, I find out you're embezzling money. Like you're you're having to talk about these really fucked up situations. But the the smart business operators do that. Again, they remove the emotion of it and the awkwardness of these conversations, and we discuss this stuff. And you you create these contingency plans, right? Um, you know, uh, in this exact scenario, you know, my business partner is, is no longer with us now, and uh, but nothing changed. Like I'm uh, hit. His equity in the building stays exactly as it is. It goes to his trust and his wife. Um, nothing changes. It's not like I take over 100% of the building or, or anything like that. Um, and it's, uh, but that's something we had to talk about. We had to talk about it on my side too. It's like, so what if Stu fucking goes into Orleans and fucking, uh, you know, drinks himself stupid and steps in front of a truck? You know, <laughs> we, you know, these are scenarios that you have to discuss. So once you've come out, you know, again, you show the plan. You talk. You you make sure the gym owner really understands the long term, you know, uh, deal that this is going to be and what it means for his gym. And then you come down and you create your your standard operating agreement. You get lawyers. We had one law firm represent us both, and we kind of joint collaboratively created our SOA. And I, I really like that process. I would recommend it to others. From there, we, uh, we talked about you know managerial split, which was fifty fifty equity split, which was fifty one forty nine my way. Um, it later became 50, 40, or no, it was, it, it's 50, 49, one, uh, 50 me, 49 Ed. And then we have, um, a long, long-term friend of Ed's name, uh, Jerry. He's, uh, he's a financial wizard and, um, Ed gifted him a, a percentage of his ownership and Jerry then, uh, really kind of directs us and helps us out with our finances and projections and, and things like that. So that's kind of those, then you, so, so you have managerial, then you have an equity. But those of you guys that are coming into this 50-50, that makes it simple, right? Those of you that are coming into it with no cash, this is where things uh, get interesting because you are still in a great position where if this investor wants the SBA loan product, they would not be able to get it without you. They, they don't have a small business that they could pop up in this building like you do. So there's something there, right? right? You instantly show up with some value and you can't attribute a dollar amount to it. You also could be looking at your rent. Let's say the mortgage is going to be six thousand dollars, and you agree that even though the mortgage is six, your business could, with good profit margins, afford to pay eight. So twenty-four thousand dollars a year is going to get put into your equity of the building. Okay, so you could do a simple math percentage. The building costs a uh, million dollars, and you're going to put in twenty-four thousand of you know of additional cash equity to be buying you know your percentage how long would it take for you to get to the percentage you want maybe it's 50 50 maybe it's 70 30 where do you want to fall the other thing you could do is you um if, if again if you're looking at like, okay Stu, great so two thousand dollars extra a month that's 24 grand a year but i have to put in you know you know the my business partner put down the hundred thousand dollars or the hundred and fifty thousand. Let's say again. Let's do a million dollar building with an SBA five hundred four. Ten percent down would be a hundred thousand. 
Like I told you, you need reserves. So that'd be 150000 Somebody's got to go ahead and have ready to go. It's not you, the gym owner. You can't afford that. But if you're tw- if you're going to pay an extra two grand on top of your rent every month, that'd be twenty four thousand a year. And then maybe you know I you know when you get extra money, like you know randomly throughout the year, like oh man, we had a good sale or whatever. You know I sold your piffs or this that or the other thing, and you throw some more cash at it, and you could slowly you know work your way up. If one hundred and fifty is kind of what your uh, the investor put in. Then you look at how much of you, what, what are you, you know, how long is it going to take you to match him so you guys are 50-50 if that's what you want. And you could accelerate that by putting a little bit more money in if you have some money in savings that you want to contribute, like things of that nature. That's why, like, you know, I always talk about this when someone's like, yeah, I want to buy a building, but I haven't saved a dime. I really have zero dollars. Like, then this isn't for you. I'm sorry. You're you're not included in this opportunity. You, I mean, like, unless someone's going to gift it to you, you you can't make a decision now like, oh, I want to buy a building. I want to be a commercial real estate owner. And you haven't done any work. Like, cool, you can make the decision and now go ahead and get to work and save some fucking money. Like, you can't be a dickhead with your fucking money for eight years and then decide you want to do something massive like purchase commercial real estate. So that's those are kind of the three big things, you know. And then... um the, and I'll, I'll maybe do another podcast if you guys have questions on this. But, uh, you know, essentially you could create, the, you know, a nice little waterfall system or not water, but a stair climb system where you stair climb into your equity with, you know, the extra money you're doing per month. Um, and then you also come up with a, a, you know, you can come up with a, a clause in there like, hey, if we get someone who wants to lease out the building, what would that split look like? It might be based on how much equity you've put into it. Maybe at that point you get completely vested. Maybe you're able to write up into your agreement. Hey, listen, if in seven years somebody wanted to lease the building and we had agreed in our original standard operating agreement that I would still get to operate as a gym owner for 10, well, if we choose to lease the building out prior to that 10-year mark, I want to be instantly vested at 50-50. So maybe you were stair climbing your way up, right? Nice and steady, buying into your equity. And then all of a sudden you get a great offer and the investor wants the offer and you want to take it. But right now you're only like 30% equity owner because you've been stair climbing, but you're not at that 50% yet or whatever goal you wanted to get to. Well, you can put a clause in there. Hey, if we do this in under 10 years, I instantly vest at 50%. Like if you can think it, think it, and it's legal, it can be written down into a standard operating agreement. It's just about having these open conversations. You know, I opened the gym real estate company and I've been, it's been really fun. I've been brought into a lot of these where I just get on the call with the investor and I get in the call with the gym owner and I talk about different scenarios that are plausible for this partnership so that both parties feel like they are treated fairly and they are getting what they, they're getting an equal return on their investment. And that's a lot of fun. It's awkward at first because again, you know, I'm bringing up topics that they don't want to talk about, but that's obviously why they fucking paid me to be on the call. Um, and if you guys ever find yourself in that situation, you're listening to this now, you know, again, just holler at me, shoot me a DM on Instagram. We can talk, but I just wanted to give a quick overview. I just, uh, yeah, I, uh, I'm, I'm going to miss my buddy a lot. It's, uh, he's my father or my, my daughter's godfather. He's, uh, one of my absolute best friends and you know, being business partners in real estate, isn't that big of a headache. I talked about this in a previous podcast, like a month ago, if you're gonna have a partnership in anything, real estate's the thing to have a partnership in. It's very simple. It's not, there's not a lot of day to day decisions you got to make. So, you know, it's not like me and Ed ever had like this business where we were constantly in it and we were like arguing at times and celebrating. Like 
it was mainly just like us, you know, dodging fucking uh, our own self-imposed gunshots, you know, uh, and wounds because we didn't know what we were doing because we were just two fucking idiots that had some money going to play commercial real estate. And we just, you know, we just learned along the way. Um, his phrase he would always say is like, we always knew there was going to be a bump, Stu. And whenever, like, we ran into our first issue, like, zoning, or we ran into our first issue, like, um, you know, uh, appraisal came in under, we ran into the next issue like this, or the next issue like that, he'll be like, man, we knew there was going to be a bump. We knew there was going to be a bump. Oh, man, this is that bump. I was like, motherfucker, how many bumps do you think we're going to have? This is it's like goddamn reading, like a blind person reading over here. There's so many fucking bumps. And it was just like this ongoing running joke. Um and uh, I, I just hope that if any of you guys ever do have a business partner, whether it's in your gym or your real estate company, I, I, I can only hope that you are uh, as fortunate as I was to have someone um, who's fair and selfless and, uh, and honest and just um, allows for a relationship to, to happen beyond the business partnership like I did with that. It was, um, it was something that was really special. And uh, this, this whole thing really fucking sucks. Um, but anyway, enough emotional bullshit for me. Uh, guys, you know, I hope that was at least somewhat valuable from a, a business partnership side on the real estate. If you have questions, or at least maybe frame some shit up for you. You know how to reach out to me if you've got further questions. And uh, until I talk to you guys in the next podcast, have a great fucking day.